Hello and welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, the original non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by friends, comedians, and nemeses. Joining me today for part two of Neon Genesis Evangelion is my friend... Angel number three. Angel number three. Here I come. Here he comes. He's coming <laughs> for you. No, He's it's me. coming for the city. Craig Austin from Red Room <clears throat> Roleplaying, y'all. Red Room Roleplaying. Red Room? Red Moon. Red Moon Roleplaying. What kind of stuff do you do at Red Moon Roleplaying? At Red Moon Roleplaying, we partake of roleplaying games, often of a horror nature. We then edit them to make them sound more like narrative audio drama than your traditional actual play. Sometimes people like it. We hope you do, too. I listen to the show regularly, and I really like it. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for uh, having me watch Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, following on from episode one, where we uh, did the first season one, episodes one and two, so the first two episodes ever of this show, uh, is there anything else that we need to know going into episode three? I don't think there is. I think we discussed last time that at this point you get given quite a good introduction into the world, but maybe, maybe it's still not yet a big deal. Maybe it's just good. Like, what's why is this so resonant with people? Maybe we need to continue, and maybe in the next two episodes you get an inkling, an inkling of what it is. So fade in to Shinji doing a training exercise in his Evangelion, Eva 1, and visibly suppressing all of the emotions he spent last time building up, as it's explained to us that Eva 1, Eva 1 runs off of a sort of umbilical cord, which supplies its power, and it can only run on battery power for up to five minutes on a low-gain mode, so you only have... So that's going to set up some sort of ca counter-downer to make sure that we can build up some tension later, probably. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I like how you called it a counter-downer. <laughs> counter-downer! I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's a yes. counter-downer. Um, and yes, what's that, Paul? Actual training! Actual, Actual training. training! It looks like they have <laughs> like some sort of laser, uh, laser gun thing, which he can aim at in a virtual reality setting somehow, which is kind of neat. Well, again, the distant future. 2015 full virtual reality based training programs are available uh that one i would argue they kind of got right because <laughs> oculus rift was already being used for that around 2015 that's true that's true we'll give him that one that okay the idea of virtual reality training maybe that is reasonable yeah yeah not not so much giant fighting angry robot though <laughs> Ah, but yes, actual training. But as you said, suddenly Shinji does seem a little bit. I shoot. Well, I kill. He's uh, saying specifically. I've I've called it a litany in my in my notes because it's center the target and pull the trigger. Keep calm. Center the target. Pull the trigger. He repeats this over and over a bunch. Uh, inside the command booth, where they're administrating the testing, the testing, the training session. Uh, we're informed that Shinji does what he's told because it makes his life easier. Yep, that's what being 14 feels like. Yep, and of course, the dad proudly watching on with his beautiful smile, encouraging his son to do better. Oh, wait, no, he just that stares. That doesn't sound like him. That doesn't sound like him at all. In fact, it's more like his thing is staring at people, fiddling with his glasses, and looking quite ominous. Wait. Is he the bad guy? 
Is he the bad guy, Paul? He kind of looks like the bad guy now. I think he's, about it. He's presented as the bad guy. Oh, mm. Like he's got the visuals of the bad guy, but maybe he's just a good guy who has to do bad things to win against the real bad guys. Oh, you mean capitalism. Am I right? <laughs> I wasn't going there, but yeah, for sure. Uh, inside <laughs> Eva, a close up of Shinji, totally emotionless uh, as he repeats over and over, center the target, pull the trigger. 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 Pull, pull, snap out of it. Pull, 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 snap out of it. Pull, pull, it's okay. I noted noted the exact number of times that he said it, and that's what it is. Oh, wow. And at the last one, it's pull the trigger, except when he said, in Japanese, the word for trigger is switch, or switcho. And uh, as he says it, it's just the sound of a trigger pulling like not a firing just the trigger mechanism itself with no bullet in the chamber they have fucking destroyed this child what the fuck have they done to this poor boy wait wait but paul it's the hero's journey i've written down our hero this is our hero right we're only on episode three paul (laughs) cut to the apartment where a whole episode three's just happened. It's a whole lot cleaner than before, though, probably because of all those chores that Shinji's doing. Uh, it looks like it's time for school, and Misato just finished a night shift, so she's going to sleep for a while. Uh, Ritsuko, the, the swimsuit lady from the previous episode, calls to ask how things are going with her new boyfriend, I mean Shinji. <laughs> and it's funny because... It's funny because he's 14 and before she was like, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to mess around with him. Ha ha ha. And she's like, why would you ever even joke about that? Again, as we said in the last episode, trends that were set and have been continued to be set in the industry for some time. Um, sigh. What we can do turns is sigh. Out, turns out that he's been at school for a full two weeks and nobody's ever called him. So maybe he just doesn't have friends. Gee, I wonder why this 14-year-old battle-scarred veteran might feel a bit separate from his peers. But wait a minute, Paul. We're skipping something really important here already. What do you mean the character's going to school? Characters in these shows don't go to school. No, he's 14. He's totally going to school. What? But he's the robot. Robots, Paul. He he got a fight in the robots at school. Normal school. Yeah, uh, he's going to fight in the robots in his spare time, and otherwise he's at school, yeah. He's 14, he needs to go to school. That's what you do when you're 14. And funnily enough, again, the influence of the show is that this actually is a very common trope nowadays, but back then, still a bit, like, different, a bit like, wait, we, oh, okay. But yeah, and not only does he go to school, but everyone else in the school, other than mysterious Rayanami, is a completely normal kid. It would seem like really normal, like even to the point where, like, aren't they all a bit traumatized by what's going on? Apparently not. Most well, of them, not really. You remember all those disinformation campaigns that were alluded to before? <laughs> yeah. It's probably a little bit of that happening. Mm. But maybe he's just some kind of hedgehog. Ah, uh, yes. The hedgehog see, metaphor. See, here's the thing. They Well, it's the hedgehog dilemma, as they put it, is when you... When you enjoy running around at the speed of sound, but everyone else is far too slow, and you end up having 
just not having anyone to run with except for your two-tailed fox buddy who can fly for some reason and you're only one left you can't fly and you feel left out so you go faster and faster and the until the game is unplayable and then one of them gets rushed out in 26 2006 and it involves a plot where we fall in love with a realistically rendered 12 year old girl but you're still like a cartoon blue hedgehog man and oh god why is the whole world flipping through itself sorry what were we talking about uh oh the hedgehog dilemma you know it's his right cycle- so hedgehogs uh have a hard time sharing warmth with other hedgehogs as uh, the closer they get the more they hurt each other with their quills people are also like that according to Ritsuko. And, uh, metaphor. Metaphor. Anyway, wait a minute. This show's about this boy and this other woman, but now, suddenly, who hedgehogs. are these characters? Yeah, so, hedgehogs. But hmm. this is part of growing up, learning to let people stab you in the face for a while until you learn the correct amount of emotional distance so that you don't get stabbed quite so frequently. Indeed. Meanwhile, Cut to wait. Shinji's class... Sorry, go ahead. You, there's you suddenly the these yeah these class people there's a kid with glasses there's a girl telling people to sit down and and there's this boy and they're talking about someone who isn't shinji which again i'm really confused he's the main character what's going on here some boy hasn't been to coming to about, school hmm. you're not allowed to talk about people who aren't the main character <laughs> exactly it's not allowed everything is about the main character this is their story why are the, all these other people in their story says the western storyteller i know right Anyway, apparently this other kid hasn't been coming to school because his something happened. Ooh. Yeah, so first, though, we get a little quick shot of Ray, who's also in here. This is the hospital girl from before, Mm. the super injured girl. Uh, She's uh, also in his class, and Shinji decides that the correct amount of emotional distance from her is all of it and sits down. Oh, what? You mean they didn't have their... Oh, you're also a pilot of a giant robot. No, it's just... Nope. No, that hasn't happened. No. I, I'm just going to look at you and, um, silence. And she seems quite happy with that. She also is staring off into the distance, looking... Well, she doesn't even see him. She doesn't recognize his existence yeah. for the most part. Yes. This one kid is using a camcorder to film a scene involving a toy army aircraft in class, and the class rep is asking him whether he's done the thing that he hasn't done. Turns out a bunch of their classmates haven't been seen in two weeks since the battle. Uh, even though, you know, the news said there were, like, no casualties, though. Hmm. Right? We can hmm. trust the, the news, can't we? We can. It's totally safe, even though some people are just leaving town anyway. But it's totally safe. Why would they want to leave town? I don't, hmm, strange. Also, yeah, I guess a bunch of families evacuated the city, leaving the classroom mostly empty. Uh, this one classmate, though, Toji, is angry at whoever was piloting that robot because he got his sister got hurt in the battle. And oh, man, he wants to punch that guy twice. I know, right? Uh, anyway, Toji, uh, what do you think of the new transfer student who just came in? I hmm. want to punch him twice. I mean, what? Uh, oh, why would you want to do that? I mean, he's just a random transfer student. I'm sure that him suddenly arriving in our class and the f- rumors that there's a kid piloting the robots are not connected in any way. This is another one of these, I like the fact that the rumor spreads and everyone's mm. like, hey, hang on, we think we know what's going on here. And they're usually right. Mm. Everything except actually being correct feels like exactly the way rumors spread in high school. Oh, yeah, I know, right. Um, and also, also you... teenagers know what's up, right? They do. They know when, they they got the bullshit detectors like anyone else. So, 
they're they're smelling something a little off. Although it's interesting to note that they still their reaction to giant robots is you know what you'd expect. Oh man, that's freaking cool! Giant robots. Yeah, I wish I could see what the giant robots. Yeah, I know, right? Giant robots, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. Have you seen the giant robots? They look awesome. But turns out, yeah, there's a rumor going around that Shinji is the new pilot. Uh, cut to later during the lesson, where we're given some world building at the end of the 20th century. A meteor impacted Antarctica, melting okay. the whole place and flooding most of the world. In Half fact, of most mankind of the world. and thousands of species died. There was, that was the second impact. This Can is I real say boring I teacher love, who just drones on. But I love how, you know, you then have, like, so basically, uh, 15 years ago, the world almost ended, and the reaction of these kids is like, yeah, I know, whatever, man. Oh, God. Yeah, really? yeah, sure, 15 years ago. Tell me something that's current. Tell me something that's <laughs> going to affect my life. <laughs> because, you know, I, I've, we're, we're 14 years old. We were, didn't exist yet, which means who cares? Like, yeah, we know the world half of it doesn't exist. Whatever. <laughs> also, hey, hang on a tick. Second impact? Ooh. Ooh. When was the first one? Hang on. But no time for that. The students are bored and exchanging instant messages to each other on their school laptops. Uh, Shinji receives a message asking whether it's true that he's the pilot of that there robot there, and he says yes, and instantly all of the girls in class anime their way over to him and mm -hmm. start asking him questions. And again, thank goodness we're back on track on the hero's journey, because this now, now he's going to realize, oh, actually, I'm really popular and cool with little girls, and I, you know, now he'll realize it's cool being a robot pilot. Yeah, cool. And Heroic. he'll accept his fate, and he'll, mm -hmm. you know rock and roll music will play in the background and there will be a slow-mo shot of him in his uniform with all of his uh with all of his new girl harem just following behind him going we love you shinji kid we love you shinji kid and that is definitely not what happens because <laughs> he's just sort of sitting there awkwardly as any 14 year old would going uh yeah that one i can't tell you sorry i signed a paper that said no it's called eva i think that's what we call her i don't know the real name though but anyway, wait. The teacher, meanwhile, is just sort of like <laughs> lost in thought, looking out the window, not even attempting to quiet his class down. I mean, Paul, I think what's happening here is clearly he's going through the horrific trauma of his past. Well, I's like, I remember <laughs> when that my home used he to tells exist. The class about like, yeah, my whole hometown is now underwater. Uh, he's probably having a moment there. Uh, and I think he might be having a moment. <laughs> but it's okay. The kids don't care. It's all yeah, good. it's all good. Cut to after class where Toji punches Shinji twice. Why is that? Because he suddenly realized, wait a minute, you're the this pilot is, of that robot. This is the guy that hurt my sister by preventing the other thing from killing all of us. And see, he's got to he's got to do this because he couldn't live with himself otherwise. That's what he says. Exactly. But again, Hero's Journey, Shinji's going to explain to him, shut up, you idiot, I'm saving the world, I'm a cool guy. Oh, Yeah, no, and he... not what he actually says. He just kind of sits there, takes the beating, and is like, I don't want to do this. Or, I don't, you know, it's I, not it's... like he pilots that thing because he wants to. Which does make Tough Guy look a bit confused. What the fuck? <laughs> and Tough Guy goes back to him and punches him again. Glasses guy, meanwhile, is quite 
happy with all this, saying, sorry, tough guy likes punching people sometimes. Lols. Lols. Sorry, dude, that's the way he is. It's fine, don't <laughs> worry about it. Also, this ceiling has clouds in it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. There's a lot of ceiling looks, right? Like, he's lying in bed looking up at the ceiling in one of the previous episodes, and he's then lying in another place looking up at the ceiling, and this time he's looking up at, like, the sky. And also, Ray is here and informs him that they got an emergency call up and they gotta go. She sounds very excited about it. I mean, she's literally, she looks like she's lost a damn eye to this, so I don't blame her for being a little nonplussed about the whole situation. Although, before we move on, I've noted down that the funny thing about this scene is male bonding, because believe it or not, a friendship has begun. Which, admittedly, side oh, no, yeah. is actually not Actually, it's not, in the reality, it's not a million to, miles off. Yeah, uh, you know, it might seem, oh, ho, ho, he's beating him up. It's typical, but it's like, actually, it is quite funny how in real life there are times where you'd have some scuffles with kids and then suddenly be friends with them later on. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. Something to understand, especially when we're speaking to the younger guys in our audience, mm. is that growing up in the 90s, one of the only forms of uh, physical contact it was okay to have with other boys was fighting. Mm. You know, they'd pull you apart a little and be like, all right, you two, stop scuffling. But like, you weren't allowed to hug. You weren't allowed to hold hands. They would be like, oh, don't be gay. But you were allowed to wrestle in the schoolyard and be like, yeah, you fucking piece of shit. And, you know, yell at each other. And the teachers would pull you apart and be like, all right, boys will be boys. Go off, you now. Why? How dare you try to seek friendship and physical touch among your peers i know right and uh, how dare how... you have to have a platonic hug with the friend who you just went through some shit with how dare you don't do that we want to impose our ideas upon you young people so there's a lot of that but also like i, I don't want to say it's a male thing i want to say it's like a that culture thing Mm. Where if you're at all repressed, it's like, well, we're going to fight now. But now it's like the equivalent of having had a hug. And you're like, all right. But also he didn't like beat him down. This was not like wrestle him to the floor, then ground him, pound him until he's unconscious, right? This was, mm. I punched you in the face, you went down. You said something else I didn't like. I punched you again and I left. It, it's not like a brutal beat down. It's a fuck you. Exactly. And in a way, it, again gives this character some, like, maybe at this point you're thinking, oh, yeah, the tough kid. But wait, mm. maybe he's actually a bit more interesting in that, because even after the beatdown, he does, as he's walking off, it seems a bit like, oh, did that actually he solve my problems? He doesn't feel good about this. Hmm. Hmm. He doesn't feel good about this, and he shouldn't. And Camcorder is also like, fucking, all right, look, he, trust me, he means well. Yeah, fuck it. Hmm. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. Back to the... I, uh, I, I got distracted there. It's a robot anime. There's a robot time. Robot time, yes? I think it's robot time. Cut robot to a new time. angel flying into town. I guess they, they can lower the whole city into the ground when needed. Like, all the structures in the city become their own bunkers, which is just so cool. It is really cool. Also, interesting world building, number 27. But wait, another angel so soon... Oh. Yeah, like three weeks later, because we cut to the command room where Misato is in charge while the while Commander, uh, what's his name, Iskai? No. Ikasi? Uh, Ikari? Ah, there's my brain going. What's Shinji's last name? 
Shinji Ikari. Ikari, yeah. Ikari, Ikari. I had it noted down wrong. So Commander Ikari is away for some reason. I guess the, the distance between the last attack and the last attack was... 15 years so he was like well we've had an attack now so probably it'll be another 15 years or something maybe but only three weeks later bam here we are once again they try conventional munitions for some reason not to mention our monster uh, looks really friggin weird like this time he doesn't even seem to have bipedal it's more like a floating sea creature this time i argue like a snake thing i Mm. guess Mm. like some sort of like nematode worm and the uh, the blonde commander guy who keeps saying short one sentence things that are super true for the moment says what a waste of taxpayer money which is exactly correct that's a lot of bullets you're putting into it also at this point i'd like to draw your attention to a lot of the people who make all the scientific announcements and reports they're the same people paul intriguing maybe they're characters too i know i know i'm sorry i've got a bit far here whoa whoa are those characters? I thought well, they were might. just people who work there. I know, but I mean, they're the same. One's got glasses, One's a, there's a girl with short hair and a guy with long hair. It's been the same ones. Mm. Oh. Mm. I can't imagine that can enter into our hero's journey with the singular hero who's going to one-handedly save the day like those American shows that are always completely correct about everything and don't in any way have a limited scope for storytelling. Inside one of the shelters, it's Shinji's classmate. Toji and camcorder guy. And again, interesting, because now it's like, oh yeah, where do the people go? They go here. Little shelters underground where they wait while music, elevator music plays. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. How do we calm down the people, sir? Have you tried smooth jazz? Sir, I don't think, I don't think it's serious enough for smooth jazz yet. Have we tried Muzak? Oh, all right. We'll put a little bit of public um, information on. Hi, everyone. Don't panic. Right now, everything is fine. Totally fine. Please just stay where you are. Chill. Grab a beverage from the local stand. There's still time to grab a Coke. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry about it. This, uh, oh God, you're exactly right. If it were done today, the thing that they didn't quite get about 2015 and, you know, the distant future, which we find ourselves in, is that absolutely saying things like, this citywide lockdown was brought to you by, by brand. By brand of thing, please. Brand of things keeps you safe and happy. Branded sugar water keeps you safe and happy. By branded sugar water. So, here are our children. Uh, and, you know, they're all behaving like they should. But then our two kids decide, you know what? Well, another robot's happening outside. again. Come on. Look, there's I mean... another robot happening. You're right. What's the worst that could happen? Oh, I don't know. Like, we die? No! Come on, it's cool. Robots do... I think think their point is quite correct, though. You could die out there while we could die in here. (laughs) This is true. This, I suppose you make a good point there. Also, I, again, interesting decision. Uh, This conversation is in the urinal. It's not in the urinal. It's in the bathroom where they are both standing at the urinals, to be clear. Oh, okay. They're not like inside of the, but yeah, no, that's, that's a, so for those of you who've not been to male bathroom urinals, this is absolutely a thing. You will absolutely have a short conversation with whoever's, if you, especially if you know the guy, you might just be like, "Uh, so what are you doing later? I don't know. 
<laughs> and you'll oh. just leave and wash your hands and be like, all right, it's perfectly normal. Yeah, although, of course, the trick is that you never look at them for very long. Oh, no, never, 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 never. That's super <laughs> not etiquette. You're not allowed to do that. Stare forwards. You know they're stare there. Stare directly forwards. If you're having trouble, look directly up. Up is fine. Directly downward is fine. There's like a line, a vertical line. And you must never move away from that line. Uh, so anyway, they cut with the foolproof idea. You know what? Let's just sneak out. And I like, by the way, it doesn't really then... Like, apparently they just walk out. <laughs> yeah, they just say like, hey, we need to go to the bathroom. And they're like, oh, you should have said earlier, fine, we'll unlock the thing that's going to save all of our goddamn lives for you so you can go to the bathroom. And they're like, all right. So this happens frequently enough that they're like, oh, this shit again. All right. And out they so, go. Uh, here's the thing. Hmm. It's robot time. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot robot time. And obviously, now he's got oh, some training. Yeah. He's got some training, hero's journey. This time, it's time to see our hero in action. This time, for sure, he's going to be the action hero. Shinji, suit up. And here's what I've learned to appreciate. That I've learned to appreciate the hell out of this show. In an American show, you would have an uncompl- uh, uncomplicated hell yeah moment. <laughs> where you would get the, hey, heavy metal music. and Oh, yeah, cool robots. And that's not, I mean, that is what's happening. That's the text of what's happening here. And they do play the triumphant music. But anytime you see Shinji's face inside that robot, it's, uh, I would not describe him as hype. No, it's almost like he starts off with, right, no emotion, like in training. No, oh, wait, no. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Yeah, but his emotion, emotionless and detached, and it undercuts all the work that the triumphant music is doing. It's like the two tones are fighting each other desperately for dominance of the scene, and it yes. feels so weird and lovely. It's kind of great. Exactly. So anyway, he shoots at the robot, and oh shit, that doesn't work, and oh, he's What get, do you mean losing. guns don't work? We've tried bullets before. Those work just, just fine, right? It's okay. They have a spare gun. Quite literally. Fine. Quick, the, use a spare. Fucking spare. Quick. Yeah, the gun gets cut in half by the tentacle whip knife whips. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, tentacle knife whips, which then proceed to beat the motherfucking shit out of him. Yeah, so, so the, it be, it, it cuts the umbilical cord that's been severed, so it starts the five minute timer, which, you know, everybody likes a timer for building unnecessarily dramatic tension, I guess. Oh, all right. That's a bit played out, but okay, I'll deal with it. And also, look, um, umbil- they call it the umbilical cord. I have been getting some crazy Freudian bullshit this whole time, and they're just not even trying to be subtle about it anymore. Like, remember the 90s when everybody was like, oh, yeah, I can sound really deep and interesting by making Freudian bullshit because, like, I guess it's not yet considered borderline quackery in any serious psychology department. Like, at this point, it's just considered to be slightly interesting early philosophy yeah. of psychology. All yeah, right. Here they go for it. Here they go hey, for it. Hey, look, you remember when people thought the Oedipus complex was real? Let's make a story about the Oedipus complex and look at this guy trying to escape his umbilical cord. And once it's cut, oh no, you only got five minutes to live now that you don't have a 
just like in real life. Although, also, from a sci-fi point of view, I do like how, you know, usually these things, it's like, well, how is it powered? Oh, you know, by the uh, the quantum mechanic generator. Oh, no, we made up a power supply. It has a power supply now. Fuck off. It's a cool robot. Stop asking questions. <laughs> no, here it's like, no, actually, it. we really need to keep the thing connected. It's fucking, it, it's probably like citywide generators powering this thing, man. Fuck, come on. Like, this thing needs a full-size nuclear reactor (laughs) working overtime just to power it. So, (laughs) like, no, we can't fit that inside of the robot (laughs) shell, I guess. Meanwhile, the awesomeness of the fight is being watched by his buddies, who then remark, Wait a minute, he's getting the ass kicked out of him! Yep. Yep, Uh, Shinji is not doing so well and gets just thrown halfway across the city onto this hill here in the Shinto shrine where the two have uh, come up to film from and uh, narrowly misses crushing his classmates between the fingers of the Eva one. Now, granted for a few seconds, you're like, Oh yes, of course. Ha ha. But I have to admit when you actually see the expressions of the kids, like oh, they're suddenly, terrified. Yeah. That, that's actually quite, you know, tear filled. Like we just almost died. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, they're shitting themselves. Yeah. There's not a clean diaper in the vicinity. Hmm. So here's the plan. Uh, Let these two into the cockpit. This is now a rescue mission. Get them into the pod and retreat immediately. Except Shinji does not retreat. He repeats a sort of litany to himself. Don't run away. Don't run away. Even as his classmates now inside the cockpit plead with him to follow orders because holy shit, let's get the fuck out of here. Also, what is this liquid? Oh my god, is this water? (laughs) Uh, and not to mention, you know, uh, Masada being like, no, seriously, seriously, I, I actually am your commanding, like, get out of there and save the fucking citizens. What the like, fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know we're roommates, and, like, mm. I've got a weird sort of, like, sexual energy about me that you find sort of interesting as a 14-year-old just discovering his own sexuality for the first time, but, like, mm. I am your commanding officer, and get the hell out of there. But- Instead, uh, Shinji pulls a knife. Uh, let's recall the scale here. This knife is like 10 meters long. And also I noticed that Eva's hand with the armor burned off of it because it sort of caught the tentacles for a bit. Hmm. Uh, it looks like it's a human hand, like with fingernails and everything. Oh, yeah. But hey, foreshadowing, he did say that the knife has some cool technology. So, yeah, vibro like... something or other. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Shinji, you can't beat the thing, but maybe, maybe if you just go fucking crazy again. Yeah, it looks like Shinji out. has uh, has gone from emotionless operator to bloodthirsty berserker as he charges the angel, gets stabbed, but then goes in there to stab again. And he and he stabs the dang thing just so much while screaming about stabbing the thing. And then he kills the angel just in the nick. Of time for the before the batteries in the Eva run out. Phew! Victory! Everybody's happy, everybody wins. We killed the thing, we saved the day. High five! I mean he is weeping softly inside the thing as at the base Misato is unimpressed with his not following orders, and inside the cockpit Shinji is just a complete wreck. Yes, and, uh, and I and love Eva uh... stand and the angel stand motionless in the setting sun. Uh, and I especially might though here it was like awkward, am I right? Because then you just see the camera just go to the two friends, like, um, 
Oh, um, are you? If I could leave, I'd be like, should we leave? Should we? Should we do you we, need we can't leave. I don't know how the thing even works. Uh, should like, we I say something? I think I need you to open it, but like, I don't want to ask him because I mean, the poor guy's like, he's going through some shit. Oh, so should we? I like, mean, is he okay? Maybe... Like, are we in danger here? Because like, I like maybe we just... just shut the fuck up for a while. Maybe he just oh, okay. maybe we'll just maybe we just, really just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. For a I while. don't know the guy very well. Uh, I maybe... think we've met, we've known him like three days. And now we're in a giant fucking battle robot. Also, how fucking dope is this? But Jesus. Oh, I know, right? I know. Cut to a tennis ball in the rain and their classroom where Shinji hasn't been there in three days. Correct. Oops. And and uh, and, and, uh, and to that, our tough guy and glasses guy, well, tough guy especially, you know, tough guy's like, I'm a little Tough concerned. guy and camcorder, yep. And camcorder's like, yeah, well, you know, dude, come on, just... Don't be a fucking tough guy. Just fucking do something about it. Like, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm not concerned, really. I'm a guy. I'm, I'm not, I would never be concerned about another guy, but I am. <laughs> Why would I be concerned? I, ha- I am a boy, and therefore I am not permitted to experience emotions of any, of any kind other than anger. I'm allowed that one, so I'm going to turn <laughs> all my emotions into anger because that's the only socially acceptable one that I get to have in my life. God, the but 90s hey, were dark. They were, but hey, maybe Shinji has some friends, and it only took shared extreme emotional trauma to do it. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. Uh, Toji, when he's saying, like, man, this sucks, Cam Corridor just hands him a phone number and goes, like, it's not secret. You can call his number. If you want to apologize, just call him. Do mm. it, tough guy. And the episode ends as Toji begins dialing on the phone, then decides against it, hangs up, and leaves as the rain falls gently outside. And my notes here are, happy show, am I right? It's just happy, 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 happy show. Who wouldn't want to be a robot fighting pilot? (sighs) Listen, Shinji, get in the fucking robot and fight me some goddamn robots. I signed up for fighting robots. What is all this compelling human drama you're putting me through? I know, right? I know, and and why? And now, and I don't. Why are these school kids here? Come on, they're not fighting robots. They're just school kids being upset about a, someone who maybe could be a friend being in trauma. What the fuck? And Ray, no. you haven't said a goddamn word yet. Are you even Ray, in the show? You said <laughs> Ray has said a few words. She said, "We're getting an emergency call up. Let's go. I'll see you there." Hmm. Hmm. So, episode, episode four. Ah, episode, so episode four. Rain after running away. Gee, I wonder what happens. Or, or as I as I like to call the episode, running away from our problems. When is it not solved things? Never is the answer. It never doesn't solve the problems. Also, on a more serious note, I definitely feel episode four, if you'd agree, our final episode of our introduction. Definitely the biggest tone shift now of them all. Paul, there's going to be no robot I don't think there's a single fighting robot in this whole episode, and I don't know how to feel about that. I know, right? So, where do we begin? Having just been guilted into becoming a child soldier at 14, undergone psychological trauma unlike anything humans have ever experienced before, felt his arm bones get shattered in his arm, but now seemingly fine, as if he only imagined it. Being trained to be a cold, emotionless killing machine, then experiencing blind, explosive rage in the heat of battle. Being sexually confused about a woman who is his roommate, 
also commanding officer, also possibly love interest, and also kind of guardian figure, and also completely ignored by his father, who he's seen only once in three years, and only then when his father needed something from him and had no other choice but to see his son. This has been one hell of a month for poor Shinji. It has. But it's okay, because, um, you know, Masada wakes up in the morning, she's gonna go cheer him up a little. Look, if this were me, I'd want to get the hell out of Dodge. That's what I'd want to do. This is unreasonable. I do not want to be here. I do not want to deal with this. Fuck this. Fuck you. I'm out. Oh, he's run away. And again, uh, actually, you know, that's why I actually like the character of Masato. Like, her reaction is actually generally quite sympathetic and, oh, stupid kid. But in yeah. a sad way, I, you know, she actually does seem to understand a little bit his plight. Maybe the only one, really. Yeah, it looks like he ran away is the upshot because mm. she goes into his room and goes like, Shinji, are you going to skip school again today? Because I don't think that's mm. a good idea. She cracks the door open a bit, mm. goes, oh, he's not here. And I think what she says is, well, I can't blame him. Yeah. Knocking at her door is Toji and Camera Dude from before. Uh, they're here to deliver some study guides for their classmate Shinji and also are concerned that uh, their friend hasn't uh, hasn't been to school, like, all week. Yeah, again, um, showing that uh, a little bit of actually quite interesting development. Like, oh, there you go. He's, you know, he's not really our friend, but maybe he is our friend, and let's just check Well, he's certainly him. a classmate, so I could yeah. see, you know, the, the head of class sort of says, like, you need to get these to Shinji. Please go to him. All right? Mm. That's your job now. A cultural detail I thought was cool. Toji is being much more formal and much more... He, he's, like, bowing a lot lower than cameraman, who... I'm still learning Japanese customs, really, so I might be off base, but this strikes me as uh, Toji feeling sincerely apologetic, and that mm. being reflected in the way he bows. Yeah, I think that is correct. Because <laughs> there's nothing I inappropriate think. with the way the camera boy uh bows he's bowing perfectly politely and speaking perfectly politely but toji is like full 45 degrees holds it for five seconds and you're like whoa you did did you kill someone is that what you're apologizing for well wait i think we i can't remember have we already had the line where that sister who got injured uh you know later on gave him a real bollocking oh okay later on i think it's later on but she did do that so he's probably feeling real sorry for himself yeah. So he's bowing real low. I like mm-hmm. I like this about watching any any content from places I'm not from and from cultures I'm not as familiar with because I get to learn yeah. about the culture and now I'm like oh I can tell something about the characters and how they're feeling by the way that they bow in the same way that I could tell something about a character portrayed on screen by the way they shake hands. Mm. I it's like that so much. It's the same thing. They don't. I don't think they do it in this anime, but you know, all the animes where the concept to me seems so alien. Uh, the senpai thing, the idea of calling someone a year above you, a respected, like a sort of respectful title, because you are supposed to respect your older class upperclassmen, and I'm like, what the? F- I didn't give a flying fuck about you were older than me half the time you know you didn't even like the older kids at school but the fact that it's actually a really important oh yes you will be respectful to your upperclassmen you will call them this my impression is people just use Hmm. the word and are like hey senpai you know Hmm. like there's got to be a smarmy way to say it too 
Oh yeah, definitely. But even the fact that it's a thing is still interesting to me. I'm just like, how weird and interesting. Mm. Yeah. And even in an earlier episode, now I'm thinking about it, when uh, Misato is welcoming Shinji into the home, Shinji is like calling her uh, Misato-san, or not Misato, uh, what is her last name? I keep uh, calling her Misato. Oh God. Kintsugi or something. It's not Kintsugi, that's yeah. the thing. Something with a K. I can't remember, but it's like her last name, San, and then mm. she's like, no, call me Misato, right? And I'm going mm. to call you Shinji-kun, because like that's, I'm telling you what the relationship is. Mm. Like we're roommates, chill out, right? And probably at the base, she's like, no, 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 here you call me son because I'm your boss. Mm. Which again is, it's interesting. Because, yeah, okay, we have like the equivalent of like, I would not, you know, I'd be call you sir or madam or even like, you know, at work, I am your manager, not Paul. But it doesn't have quite the same connotation. I think or it maybe would it does. be like, Maybe it does, yeah. No, no, no. I think it's, mm. pr- this one I think is pretty similar because like it, if it work, you're calling your boss, uh, I don't know. I guess it's less common now, but certainly like, mm. you know, uh, Mr. Adams. I don't mm. know. And then outside of work, you're like, oh, hi, Fred. Mm. That's a different thing, right? And even thinking to things like Star Trek, if we're thinking about things in our uh, cultures, uh, in our sort of Western cultures-ish pantheon, call it. I don't know what to call it our um our storytelling tradition you see captain picard say things to his commander like commander Riker, do this commander Riker, do that and then at one point he'll just be like he needs to level with the guy on a personal level and he'll say will look <laughs> and that changes it right so we do yeah. a similar thing i think most hmm. cultures do a similar thing but i think the japanese split it differently than we split it and I think mm. they might be a bit more prescriptive about, like, well, if it's your boss, you call them this. And if it's a person who's older by one year, you do them this. And I wonder if that's just, like, Confucianism tied through the whole culture. We are going so off base. <laughs> uh, so uh, they ask how Shinji is. And she says, oh, you know, he's at the base. Uh, he's fine. Oh, yeah. She knows full well he's not at the base. So she closes the door. They both think that Misato is a babe, and frankly, I agree. She's been portrayed as nothing but, like, charming and fun to be around and, like, good at her job and serious about what she does when she needs to be. And uh, she closes the door, then kicks it and yells, Shinji, you idiot! And then sort of gets sad and goes, you idiot. And it's not clear who she's talking about in that instance. Hmm. Cut to later on a train heading out of town, I guess. Shinji is seemingly motionless the whole time to save on animation costs. I mean, to demonstrate how alone he is in the world. Uh, And uh, and he continues to ride the train. And he continues to ride the train. And he continues to ride the train. I love this shot so much. Yeah, yeah, it's good. People sort of disappear from the train. And a few people show up and have a fun conversation to one side. And this one guy is just taking far too much space and spreading himself out too much. But there's nobody else on the train. And, so whatever, uh, who cares? And his playlist, by the way, is tracks 25, 26, then 25, 26, 25, and 26. Oh, he just repeats those two. I mean, maybe, this... maybe, actually, maybe that, maybe he is listening to the whole thing, but we only see the camera. It zooms in on particular those two tracks, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really hear what they are, actually, because we're not really, we don't really ever hear them from his ears perspective. So it's not clear to me what the songs are. I don't know if it's important. It might be a fun detail, mm-hmm. though. 
But the whole sequence is just gorgeous. This was clearly made by someone who's taken a long, sad train journey, like just going as far away as possible. And uh, Shinji reaches the last stop where he gets off and walks through noisy streets to a late night cinema where I guess it's like he can sit down. There's like four other people here. One just salary man reading a book in the front row for some reason. Uh, like a homeless man sleeping with a newspaper over top of him and just a young couple making out a bunch of rows ahead of him. Shinji is uh, less interested by the monster movie that he's watching that, than he is in the couple making out as his eyes fill with sadness. Oh, Shinji. Sadness, envy, confusion. I write down that he doesn't know love. And again, oh, he's 14 years old. Maybe that's what it's all about. Fuck, is this all just about a 40-year-old boy's troubles with... Well, as well as trauma... <laughs> as well as his trauma at the robot fights and a bad father... Does he just not understand his teenage feelings, Paul? Shit. I don't think he understands his feelings at all, and I don't think he's that different from any other 14-year-old in that respect. And Mm. also, he has been forced into being a child soldier, and that's fucked up. Later, he's sleeping on a bench next to a vending machine, and as morning arrives, he walks across one of the many beautiful stylized backdrops of this show. Uh, This time, it's pink. And everything just parallaxes around him as the noise in his head starts screaming at him and he starts running at a random direction. God damn, I have felt like that. (laughs) Fuck. Yes, uh, and there's no robots, Paul. Uh, Where's my robots in the the fun robot show? I don't know, maybe he'll get in a robot soon? I don't know. I don't know, hopefully he'll get in a robot soon. And then, because all of this non-Western storytelling is really getting... Really getting to me, and I'm like, look, I feel lost. I feel like I want to get in my robot and watch a cool guy fight an evil thing with a cool mm. robot, please. Thank mm. you. Mm. And then we cut to a scene that, again, one of the... I didn't remember this at all, but you suddenly see Camcorder Boy, but he's doing some sort of little military camp we have a by himself. quick thing but first we oh, have a oh, quick oh, shot oh, of misato list. opening the door to his room that morning saying baka sadly under her breath which means idiot or at least that's the translation that was given mm. to me in the version i saw yep shinji arrives far outside the city on a bus and he begins walking down this country lane through sunflower fields and seemingly rice paddies and up to a misty cliff overlooking the city and the voiceover uh, from, I think, um, oh, what is her name? Uh, wetsuit Lady. Um, Mitsuko? Anyway, uh, the voiceover what? informs us that he's only 14 years old and placing the fate of the human race on his shoulders is maybe a little bit much to ask. But according to them, uh, they have no choice but to have 14-year-olds pilot the Evas. Oh, actually, and, the, and then you see them doing some odd medical checks on Ray. Yeah, uh, this is said as Rei Ayanami, age 14, sample 0001, is going through some sort of scanner. Misato, meanwhile, wonders aloud whether Shinji might be better off not being an EVA pilot after all. And we flash back to just after the battle we saw earlier, and his interaction is probably one of my favorites in the show so far. Uh, Misato questions Shinji about why he didn't follow her orders, and he just keeps answering flatly 
uh, yes, ma'am, which I, in translation, it's yes, ma'am. What he's actually saying is just yes, but like politely, right? Hi, just yes, yes, right? Uh, several times, she's like, you know, you did wrong, right? Yes. So you're going to do it again? No. So you understand you did wrong? Yes. Why did you not follow my orders? Well, I mean, honestly, <laughs> why does it matter? We won. And when mm-hmm. he's told that this attitude is like both ballsy and also like whatever, don't, this is not a great attitude for him, where he superficially follows orders and then does what he wants anyway, it's going to get him killed in an Eva. And he answers, that's okay. I don't care. And mm-hmm. as he does, I think it's the first time I've seen Shinji smile. Oh, so I like how in this scene you've got the, uh, that sort of logo behind him and you can just make out some weird the nerve logo yeah you've got like a weird like saying like it's like in god something something but it's hard to actually read the whole thing oh i didn't notice that yeah it's like it's silhouetted behind him for the whole scene Mm. like he's sitting in front of it and it's again quite intriguing like what it is i read nerve Mm. and then Mm. like some other stuff around it i didn't bother Mm. to read the stuff around it in Mm. god something Mm. or other other yeah okay i absolutely believe him here that he does not care if he dies. He's been conditioned his whole life to do as other people say, to serve other people, to ignore what he wants until he doesn't have any understanding of his own desires, let alone any way to attribute importance to them. As he as he says, he's, he's the only one who can pilot the evil ones, so he'll pilot it. He doesn't see that he has any other choice in the matter, so he's resigned to his fate and made peace with his own mortality. At at age 14, he's ready to die. And I believe him. And uh, funnily enough, Sado is not happy with how this all goes. Nope, she's not. Uh, piloting the Eva only causes him pain, so maybe he's better off not piloting it. But they still need a pilot. Cut yes. to a field somewhere, and camera guy is playing out a scene in the field with guns because playing with guns. Exactly. But it's interesting... When you just note that he's alone. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, he just does that. He just goes out camping. Hmm. Yeah, why not? As luck would have it, he sees Shinji walking past and they decide to camp out together. Turns out uh, Toji's little sister chewed him out for hitting Shinji because, you know, this guy saved all of them. And, you know, yeah, she got trapped under rubble, but she's alive. So that's good. This uh, news fails to move Shinji at all. The conversation then moves on to how nice it is to hear cicadas. And then, one thing does affect him a little bit. Fun fact, cicadas are the sound of Japanese summertime, because that's like when they're out and when they're making their noises and all that. And this is a post-climate change world, right? It happened Mm -hmm. very suddenly in Japan is now in a perpetual summer. Therefore, his thing saying, there's more cicadas every year. I remember it being much quieter as a kid. Yeah. Again, just a a quite fun world-building thing. Just a one sentence by itself, meaning nothing, but just makes you think, oh, wait a minute. Like, the world... Because so far, the world still seems... You keep seeing these scenes where you think, okay, there's robots, Hmm. but they're kids in school, and there's a city, and then you just... Wait, what is the rest of the world like? What is actually going on here? How badly has all this stuff affected the world? I'm interested, mm. but hmm. 
Also, camcorder guy would love to live with a hottie like Misato and pilot an Evangelion, he says, as he, like, puts out his arms and pretends to be piloting an Evangelion. Well, again, because he apparently has this thing. Although, then I think Shinji looks at him a bit weirdly, but then we get a line. Oh, he yeah. says, don't you think your parents would no, be worried pa- about you? It's not parents yeah. in the version I saw. It's like, uh, I don't think you actually want to be piloting an Evangelion. Your mother would be worried. Oh, that's oh, okay. They- I don't have one of those. And Shinji then actually has a reaction to that. Because yeah. it's like, oh. Because like... I, think, I think it almost could be seen that maybe even Shinji was being a bit like, yeah, cam, this cam kid, kid, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. And then, oh, wait a minute. Does he actually maybe he, a little, so something he similar? Gets he gets hmm. it, but hmm. it seems like he doesn't allow his circumstances, whatever they happen to be, which, yeah, we get a little glance of it. Like, he's, he doesn't have a mother. We don't know about hmm. the rest of it. Maybe he's just like, well, I have options about how I get to feel about things, and I've chosen optimistic. Mm. Uh, Also, he's camping out doing the training exercises mostly for fun, because fully understands that he's not actually going to fight the stuff that's going to hunt them. Like, guerrilla warfare is not going to do anything against an angel. Yeah. But it's interesting that it's guerrilla warfare. Like you wonder again, you wonder where did that? Because you know, camping is one thing, but then also this fascination with the guns and the military—is that him? Is it the world? Is it just normal fourteen-year-old? I think normal fourteen-year-olds are like, you know, what's really cool stuff that can propel projectiles really, really fast, and war stuff, and army stuff, and yeah. I didn't think they were cool. I don't know. I, I think I everybody like was like the hardware. Yeah. I also like those, but you know, magical yeah. wizard versus tank battalion. Meh. Eh? Meh. Eh? Eh? I did like cars for a bit. Anyway, so we have this scene, and then hang on. Uh oh. It's five mysterious. men in suits arrive to take Shinji back to Nerve HQ out of the mists. Oh, wait a minute, Paul. Are you saying that actually? A fourteen-year-old who's quite important to a government thing—they—they they weren't okay with him. Just like maybe Masada was, but the actual organization weren't okay with him just walking off. Yeah, I mean, they quote <laughs> like a law at him and are like, "We're we're taking you back to Nerve HQ under Section Eight of whatever the thing is." Cut to the class, and and you know what are you going to do? Cut to the classroom later on, where Toji thinks that like, "Why didn't you fight those guys?" Well, uh, because <laughs> only an idiot picks fights he can't win balls don't enter into it i don't care how brave you are if you're dumb you don't live very long very interesting quite yeah just a little again what a little sentence that you can take from that scene like he literally means it like secret service dudes but you can also just take it out of context and just yeah hmm is that but also that 14 year old thing of like oh man if i were there here's what i would have done he's like hmm. no you, no you wouldn't come on you're four i'm 14 years old secret service guys who are like yeah we're being nice but like you know do you comply yes oh good you know yeah yeah because if you don't comply (laughs) you you get an idea of what's going to happen like they've surrounded Hmm. the tent Hmm. there there's no you get to go quietly or you get or they're going to take you out right Hmm. they're going to take you and they're going to bring you uh, so cut to Nerve HQ where Shinji is sitting alone in a dark room as Misato comes in to see how he's doing, and then dramatic lighting happens, and it seems like the answer to how he's doing is not great. Yes, I put it down to like, so did maybe a moment of soul searching and running away from home make you feel better? Nope. Nah, nope. Funnily enough, no. <laughs> nope. 
funnily enough, just two days of wandering around out in the wilderness didn't really do very much for me. Uh, as he once again says he doesn't want to pilot the Eva, but he will because other people want him to, Misato chews him out for his attitude and makes it clear to him, I think for the first time, that he does legitimately have the option to not do this. Hmm. And he then goes, okay, sure. I And he's out. He's out. Yeah. I mean, I honestly don't think he ever understood this as an option, right? He, he was hmm. doing what he was told because he doesn't because doing what he's told means he doesn't get chewed out it means he doesn't get neglected it means he doesn't get beat up he just does whatever people want him to do because it's just easier that way right so you know no wonder he just says yes passively to whatever he's told it's just, it's easier right it, you don't have to fight for every inch of every conversation fucking mm. hell real ass feelings in this tv show about fighting robots Oh god, I know, right? But Paul, I'm really confused because the hero's journey, the hero is done. He's done. That they're signing the papers. They're literally going, "All right, yep, get the replacements ready. You are no longer part of this institute. Off you go. Goodbye." Yeah, he's decided to quit, and uh, mm. they're left to adapt. I also note that um, after <laughs> they they always refer to Shinji as Children Three and not by his name or make any referencing mm. to being. Buddy's son, and by they in this instance, I literally mean his own father. Yes. Wow, I am so done with this asshole. I was done before. I am so done with this asshole. But Paul, wait—he's the trope of the wise mentor character saving humanity. Like that's why he's the leader, right? He's like the cool, like only I make robots and save the world. What do you mean you don't like him? I mean, he's a piece of shit, and I don't like the way he treats his son. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to you. But, but, Paul, I'm really confused. What are you doing to my storytelling? He's an abusive parent, and I think he's full of shit, and I will be happy if I see him die in the course of this show. But how can that be the guy who's saving humanity? Oh my god! Because he's real good at robots. I didn't say he wasn't good at robots. <laughs> I said I hate this guy for a lot of very specific reasons, but also accept that maybe we need his giant robots to kill the things that are trying to kill us. So, yeah, fine. Hey, hey, at least uh, gray-haired man number two is not so bad. Yeah, it looks like they'll have to have Rey in Eva 1 and uh, Ritsuko, that's her name, Ritsuko, the, mm. the, the lady in the wetsuit from before. She clearly has misgivings about this for reasons that aren't made entirely clear, but I imagine are related to the whole Rey has massive internal injuries thing and seems to be missing an eye. Hmm. Cut to the train station where Shinji is preparing to leave town. Yep, and again, off he is going. But He's uh, going, he's leaving. Toji hmm. and Camcorder are here to see him off and throw him a bag of his stuff, I guess. But then, tough guy comes forward and, what's this? The only way to apologize in a world of punch me, punch you is to say, please, just, you know, come on, punch me. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to live with himself otherwise. <laughs> He's the kind of guy he would not live with himself if he's not either doing the punching or receiving the punching. As long as someone's getting punched, he's just okay. happy. He's such a punch boy. <laughs> and just like that, they are friends. They are, and again, uh, you know, Shinji. All these things he's going through suddenly actually looking just like normal for a few seconds. Like, wait, what? Mm. What? I can't punch you. Oh, okay. Uh, sure, and being a bit hesitant about it. 
also I love in this scene, the thing I love, comedy time. Comedy They're time. having this moment, but you just see behind them these t- secret service people. And you just see them like, what the fuck? What's going on here? Should we intervene? But George, like, there's kids, like, hitting each other. No, I, 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 think, I think it's okay. I don't uh, know. I think that's the only way they're permitted to express, like, male-to-male affection in any way, especially platonic, because they're not allowed to hug another. They're not allowed to even shake hands or hold hands or do anything yeah, else. Yeah, I know, Punching's but, I mean, we're, we're on a clock here. Is this, this count as overtime, watching uh, kids beat each other up? Train ain't here yet. Don't worry about it. Oh, all right. Just, I just love like you see that shot of them looking so like Don Pulsed. <laughs> just like ah, you know, kids, whatever. Uh, but Toji really saves the day here because he's uh, he tells Shinji like, man, like I don't know if I could stick around either, man. That's I totally get it. I mean, I saw what you went through in that robot. Jesus, man. Not I. Whoever says that you're not tough, I'll punch the fucker. Again with the punching. Again with the punching. <laughs> to- Toji's a puncher. Toji's a punch boy. That's how he expresses everything. But you are right. Suddenly, Shinji starts having a bit of a... Wait. Oh. I don't know if mm. Shinji has ever had anyone express that they want and need him around and hope he'll decide to help them rather than just expect him to help them because that's what he does. That's what he's supposed to do. And he's like, man, like I wish you'd stick around, man, but... You know, I totally get it. Anyway, later, we'll figure something out. Well, hey, hey, episode one. Episode one. His first, I think, one of his first internal lines. I knew it. No one here actually needs me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, seems like Shinji sort of reverts back to doing as he's told, though, as he's led up the stairs by the new, by the nerve agents. I wrote that down as nerve agents, and now I'm saying it out loud, and I'm like, that's a weird thing to say, but okay. Uh... (laughs) But then admits that he believes he is dishonest, a coward, a sneak, and a weakling. Uh, Cut back to Eva 1 in the hangar bay where Misato and Ritsuko are once again... They're once again wondering how about that hedgehog. I mean, how does he run so fast? But, like, there's so many walls in the way and you can't see him to react in time until you're at the end of the screen already, so you just but, have to but, guess. But sometimes there's rings. Sometimes there's rings, pulled. You but to you got to make sure when you, you know, get the they, rings, like, And those loops are really cool until you're like, you get to one, and you're like, oh man, this is going to be so cool, and then you sort of you go a quarter way up one, and you're like, oh. Oh, I guess I don't get to do the cool thing now. Or sometimes you run into someone else, and because it's difficult to interact with people, you know, you just crash into them. We just crash into them, and it hurts. It actually hurts when you crash into those people, and they just look at you with evil faces. They look angry. You've lost all the rings. You've lost all the rings, Paul. Buddy, you pulled that back really well. I'm proud of you. Thank you. That was going nowhere when I was... I I was not aiming that joke in any particular direction. You made it real, and I'm proud of you, and I'm happy for the show. Thank you. (laughs) But, Uh, uh, yeah, so train tracks. Well, uh, Misato seems to regret chewing out Shinji before, and now understands that he talks like that because he doesn't know how else to express his feelings. So cut back to the train station where the train arrives. It's an official train, so only he may get on, which is okay because he's the only one on the platform. As he's about to board the train, he remembers Misato telling him, keep it up. 
Misato, meanwhile, is driving fast to get to the station and say goodbye, I guess, just as Shinji boards the train. I mean, it turns out that he didn't board the train and instead stayed on the platform. I guess he has decided to unresign. He and Misato look at each other as the cicadas chirp quietly and the train announcer announces that passengers should stand behind the yellow line. I love this mostly static shot so much. Just like an entire minute of unbroken stillness as the frame sort of just slightly wanders left and right. And as the episode ends, Shinji tells Misato, I'm home. And she answers, welcome back. Fuck, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very interesting. And that is episode four. And Craig, as you said, yes. Craig, this was supposed yes. to be a fun show about fighting robots. What's with all the compelling human drama that's getting me into the characters and wanting to watch like so many more episodes right now? By which I oh. mean, I had to stop watching at episode four to make notes and prepare the show for this episode. And I was like, no, no, no. I need to watch more. I need to watch more. I need to do more of this right now. Oh, and I couldn't. I and now I'm like, right after this, I'm going to go right into watching more of it. I, I, I might do it myself just because the nostalgia was so strong. Um, And yeah, Paul, there's stuff going on. That is and a we strong even opening. Got, and we haven't even got to, again, like not only have you got the emotion, you've got the the robot fights that, well, they happen. That's cool. Like you said, like initially you were like, oh yeah, they are cool. Not enough to keep me going, but you know, they are cool. But also all this subtle dropping of words and names, like you said, the thing in the intro, like we haven't even got there. Oh yeah. We haven't even got there. We haven't even got to the weird seven winged angel with the eyeballs everywhere because probably like there's a period of time where all of the Japanese creative people read those weird sections of the Bible and were like, whoa, hang on. What does an angel look like? <laughs> Some sort of eldritch horror. It just looks like, it, yes, it looks like some Lovecraftian horror, but with wings instead of tentacles. Hell yeah. That's sort of what they're supposed to look like. And that's so weird visually. I could imagine any artist being like, oh, no, I have to draw that. And some manager and coming around to be like, is that what we're making? Jesus, that looks awesome. Can we put that on a T-shirt? And you haven't even, again, Mystery Girl, still a mystery. Four episodes in. Like, is that going to get something going to happen there? Maybe. Are there other characters in this show? Remember that intro, which has like yeah. a flash of like 20, 30 people? But the answer is yes. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. I was Googling around for like uh, basic information for things like, oh, dang, what was her name again? Sort of thing. And I found it on, you know, on the wiki or whatever. But there's always that little bit where it's like, would you like to see the images? And there's like images of people in like, like a girl who's a redhead who's got a red suit on. And I'm like, I don't even I haven't seen her yet. So, oh, yeah, no, there we go. like there's some cool there's something happening here. So I, I guess I like that it's taking its time a lot. I like that it's both engaging me right from the front. Like, that, this is a strong three-episode start. Granted, we did four episodes, but you know what I mean. Like, there's the, there's the mm. three-episode treatment you're supposed to give an animated before you decide mm. whether you like it or not. Because sometimes the first episode takes a minute, right? I definitely feel here the fourth one, including that, I think was good. Fourth one? That, fourth one yeah. was for real. For real, I don't think I would have been quite as like, oh, no, I have to see more of this now, had it not been for this fourth episode, because now this hmm. feels like where the Western story would start. You know what I mean? Hmm. 
Like mm. all of the internal cool conflict that happens, all of the world building, all of the stuff is like the Western story. It'd be like, well, this is where the hero's journey starts. He is a robot boy and he is going to defeat the robot men and he's going to fight things. And But the Western story also wouldn't have called these things angels. They would have been like, here is the angel man and he's going to defeat the devil man. Unless it's like a, a Hellboy scenario where Hellboy is a devil, but he's also going to beat the devil. But like, you can't mm. have angels be the bad guy. We need this thing to sell in the United States. And they're like religious people out there who want to buy this, but they won't because it's like, oh, no, we can't have you fighting God. Yeah, well, like you said, uh, when that first one exploded in a cross explosion. <laughs> okay. That was a little on the nose. I don't know what nose it hit, but like it's clearly an, I, I got an image of a nose right there and nothing behind it. And again, the intro implying a lot of like, wait. Are these... I thought they were just the monster of the week. Is there actually something really deep going on here? And then again, episode four. Oh, okay. This show is going to go to deep psychological places. I think that's what Hmm. it is. I think my sort of touchstone for giant robot battles is Power Rangers. And not even like Super Sentai. I'm talking like Western style Power Rangers with like Angel Grove and, you know... uh, what what's his face the two bullies who would be like hey we're gonna bully you despite the fact that these are like clearly like hyper trained fighters in front of them and you're like all right so like that would be the sort of rita repulsa sends down her monster because because rita repulsa sends down her monster and that's the show well again the fact that uh, again if you wiki it like several then high key shows that come out later are said to be inspired by this and a lot of them are you know the psychological animes Hmm. of which now that's like oh yeah oh yeah you know everyone knows about the deep freaky as hell psychological animes but i think when this first came out it was still a newish thing the idea of wait a minute the anime characters are actually going to really dark places and this is for kids right oh oh, okay well that's what that's what i always find is like in the west particularly talking as a canadian but also as a european i would be saying well we're our idea of cartoons was always, oh, well, cartoons are for children and live action stuff is for grownups. So whenever hmm. it was, I think that's all of these, well, now we're going to make this cartoon into a live action because that means it's a real movie now. And anytime you've ever seen one, it's been awful, but who cares? Because it's a, it's a real movie now because real movies have real people in them and real people are the only way to do real drama. And I'm so glad we're past that. And I think without... Hmm. Without uh, 80s Japanimation and later anime, I don't think the West gets there. I think our cartoons are still Bugs Bunny and uh, Roadrunner and Hanna-Barbera. I think that's what Western cartoons are without the influence of Japan. I don't think we get Avatar The Last Airbender, which is like one of my favorites. I don't think we get that without Japan. So thank you, Japan. Even even some modern stuff like, uh, you know, like your BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah, like the the like, fa- the idea yeah. that you would ever make that before anime, like any adult show that's animated. Hmm. And I should say, like nothing against Bugs Bunny and all of those cool. Those were great cartoons, and I do also understand that a lot of those old Bugs Bunny cartoons were made for grownups. So again, I'm perplexed by this idea of like, oh, cartoons are for children, and meanwhile you've got Bugs Bunny doing literal war propaganda. Yeah, and even also, for me, it's also the combination of not just the storytelling, 
but the art. And again, oh, okay, yeah. you know, some 80s, 90s, 80s anime is, you know, cartoonish. But like you said here, just that scene. Two characters staring at each other for a couple of minutes. Even in real life, that would be different. It's different because it's a drawn image. A slightly moving drawn image. Mm. Something about it feels different to if you just film two people in real life staring at each other. Still can be very poetic, but it's not... There's a different feeling. It different is a feeling different feeling. There's something painterly mm. about animation to mm. me. Especially mm. when you're like either doing these long-held shots. and you, Yeah, okay, you do partly it's just, just to save money. I get that. But also notice we do notice that it is moving like the frame is moving very slightly it's not completely static mm. we're not just looking mm. at a matte painting it does move ever so slightly right and now that we got cg graphics and stuff you might even put a little bit of extra movement somewhere like leaves blowing across or you know an extra layer or something who knows but here i don't know if it would have helped i i like their i like their timing i like their sense of space i like that they sometimes just hold a shot for like a long time and let us really take it in because sometimes the editing in a lot of shows is just too frenetic and they it's like they want to hide all of the cool stuff they made hmm. so four episodes of neon genesis evangelion where are we at paul what are you thinking what are you thinking oh god yes i'm i think yes <laughs> i think yes i think yes i think yes i think uh i i am I think a couple of things. First, I think that I'm encouraged that the three or four episode treatment works as uh, as a show. Of course, our audience will tell us that, but it feels like it works as a show. I'm glad that the show is so good. I'm glad that I I, I don't know what I, this is where I don't know if I have the context to say whether I get it or not. So why don't I tell you what I think I get? This okay. is a story about war where young people are getting caught up in it and it's about i I don't know if i would say it's a coming of age story but it feels very much like a story about being in that moment of your life and also when you're 14 everything feels big right uh an argument might feel like it may as well be a giant kaiju battle it feels to me like that's a lot of the emotion it evokes and I feel like the story is about getting caught up in stuff that's bigger than you and being destroyed by those events. I'd argue, from you know, without spoiling anything, because I know a little more. Oh, please, I don't please think you're don't that far spoil. Off. I, I am going to watch this. No, I, no yeah, exactly. I, no, I, I don't think you're that far off. And the only, <laughs> all I'll say regarding the future is the joke is, it gets to a point where the joke is, uh, so yeah, what's the Antisivan Journal about? I don't know. I got no fucking clue. <laughs> oh, so, do they just get more and more convoluted, or? Well, well, you shall see. Okay. You shall yeah, see. All, all I'll say is, if uh, the the only the famous meme you would see uh, is simply that the ending is controversial. I'll leave it at that. Okay. The ending well, is controversial. I'm first of all encouraged that there is an ending. Mm. It's not just like one of these uh, shows that goes on for two million episodes. Because then I actually stand a chance of watching all of it. No, no, no. It's um, I think off the top of my head, a twenty-four episode show. Then there is a interpretation because of that controversial ending. They then made a film that's a slightly different version of the ending. Okay. And funnily enough, at this very moment in time, I only found this out the other day. They did then, as of four or five years ago, they have been doing movies, new movies that are kind of redoing it, but in a weird movie form. 
And then apparently most of it's the same, but then it goes off in a completely new, different direction. And that was actually the final finale of that was going to come out this year. But it's been delayed due to COVID. And I only knew, I learned this the other day. I didn't know that was happening at all. So I know, I have no idea about that. I'm interested. But unfortunately, it seems that that's in the realms of being really, because it's like films. So it's quite hard to find anywhere showing those, sadly. But, um, but on Netflix, you've got all the original show and the film. And I think one of these uh, sort of recap type weird films. But yeah. You've got you've got the show. You've got the original show there, and I think that's all you need to get started, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I've really yeah. enjoyed this, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Do you have anything else to conclude with about your feelings on the show, or maybe what the show has meant uh, to you and your experience? I feel I, I feel I'd like to ask you one more question first. Sure, what's up? Out of your own opinion, uh, do you think you get from just these four episodes why? This is considered such... Again, remember, the idea is this isn't just a good anime. It was a, oh my god, why haven't you seen that anime? Mm. Like, do you think you get that yet? Maybe, or not? I think this is a beautiful human drama told... I think this does what, like, a lot of really good zombie movies or what a lot of good um, disaster or post-apocalyptic stories do, which is this is what people do when the chips are down this is what people do this is who you are when everything is completely done right uh, i got this feeling in Shaun of the dead where it's like th- the way that you reveal the the real inside of a person is by putting them into just awful awful situations and how do you react when you're placed into horrible places where you don't want to be Mm, maybe you're the guy who tries to feed people to the zombies maybe you're the guy who selfishly tries to run away maybe you're the guy who gets eaten first maybe you try to save people but it doesn't matter right i i think that's really what we're coming down to i think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of that happening in this story but i'm also appreciating as we have over and over said This is not a hero's journey story, and as much as I enjoy a good hero's journey story, doesn't have to be every story, please. Hmm. Oh, of course. As for my own feelings, it's hard to say. I think I definitely feel, like I said at the start, that this was probably one of the very first animes I ever watched. Uh, I think before this, it had been Dragon Ball Z. Sailor Moon. And I just started watching... Oh, yeah. Actually, Sailor Moon. Yeah, that happened at the same time, wasn't it? Sailor Moon. <laughs> I like Sailor Moon. It's a good show. Uh, and uh, Gundam Wing had just started. And I didn't really like Gundam Wing at first. I know, I know. Again, it unfortunately, th- at the time, the subtleties of a war drama were lost on my 17-year-old brain. I, think, I just thought it was a bit boring. I think I've seen a few <laughs> episodes. Yeah. I, I have a friend who assures me we watched it together, and I just have no memory mm-hmm. of this, and I feel real bad about it. And I'm like, oh, no, I have to watch it again and remember now. But I actually looked it up as well when I was doing a bit of research for this, because I was like, I was curious, and like they came out the same year. And I thought, that's interesting. But also, the fact that apparently... Gundam Wing, which was the latest in a series of Gund, like there were loads of Gundams before that. That was a robot anime, one of the most biggest robot animes. Gundam Wing was not actually that successful in Japan at the time. At the time, it actually it was the Western audience that really liked it, and that was what started bringing over maybe things like Neon Genesis Evangelion in the first place. But Neon Genesis, something about it was just so much more gripping initially and different. I definitely did not get it all back then. I definitely didn't. But there were things I straight up forgot. Uh, and there are definitely some feelings I had, especially about the main character. 
that I'm willing to admit, just probably these four episodes, I'm willing to rethink a little bit how I thought about him initially. I'll be honest with you, I don't think my 18, 19-year-old brain got the empathy thing just yet. I think I originally thought some things, even based on those episodes, are basically, I felt a bit like Toji. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, you, Chinji, you come on, you fucker, come you, on. You sad sack. Get in the robot. Get in the robot. Get in the robot. Come on. I know it's sad and sucking terrifying, but also you're the only one who can do it. Come on. Come on. But that said, I will need to continue watching and judge because I remember strongly for me how things end rather than how they started. So I Mm. might, but I may, I omit, I may change my mind on how I initially felt about him. Because again, I do feel surprise, surprise uh, as a 33 year old, maybe now I see storytelling a bit differently. Maybe, maybe. I think Misato was my standout character in all of this. She's great. She's yeah. I think mostly I because think it... I'm like, man, I would love to hang out with her. She's she seems like a lot of fun, and also I would like to work with her. She seems like a cool, reliable person to have in the office, and also mm. I would follow her into battle against hell because fuck, she's not to mention, very compelling. Not, not to mention, I think as you said, like it's that fact that even in these four episodes, like yeah, you have all these other people especially the father, fuck him. But then you think, you know what? I think she cares. She actually does care. She's trying. She doesn't get him yet, this boy, but she is actually suddenly concerned about him and maybe, you know, the only one in that whole military situation. Yeah, the boys like him, but they're just normal school kids. She's the only one who actually knows what's going on, who's a bit like, you know what? Maybe this is too much for this poor kid. It seems, to, it that, felt to me like it was an hmm. ongoing conversation among hmm. uh, Misato and Ritsuko and a bunch of the other commanders to say, yeah, like, how much, good as... how much can we push this kid, right? Like, because a good hmm. commander hmm. should be saying, like, okay, how much can we push this soldier? What is their hmm. status? What can we get out of him? Is this the right time? Okay, I guess we have to, damn it. Okay, Ray, you go, right? Because they were not going to shove Ray into that robot unless there was no other option. Hmm. But then she had to get in the robot. Get in the goddamn robot. I guess she That's didn't get in the robot. I haven't seen her in a robot yet. You haven't. But again, well, hopefully that's because she's been given that 20 days recovery time. <laughs> oh, yeah. This all happens like in less than 20 days also. That's the yeah. part where I'm like, this is a very, this is a month of this poor kid's life. <laughs> I had to remind month. myself of this. That's a hell of a month. Hmm. Hmm. But there you go, Neoges Evangelion, and as we all like to say when we finish talking about it, uh, badly sing that theme tune. No! No! Wrong show! It's Attack on Neon Genesis. Ah, Attack on Neon Genesis, Rise of the Pokemon. Rise of the Pokes. So yeah, that was great. Thank you for joining me on this episode of One for Paul. Uh, if you'd like to support One for Paul, you can do that at patreon.com slash one for Paul, or just search One for Paul Patreon and you'll find us. For as little as one buck a month, every little dollar goes a heck of a way to help us in the production stuff. Uh, if you'd like to talk to me on Twitter, you can do that. I'm at One for Paul. And uh, if you'd like to reach my guest here or listen to him do some cool, cool roleplay stuff, where can we find you do that stuff? You can find me on redmoonroleplaying.com. That's www.redmoonroleplaying.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Zencaster. Zencaster. Wherever <laughs> good podcasts are sold. 
Exactly. Thank you so much again for having me, Paul. Always a pleasure to talk with you about things. Always have a great a time, brother. And, and, a, and a dramatic time as well. Super and again, good. Neo Just Evangelion. Watch such it. A good it's fun. Show. Such a good show. Thank you, Craig. I'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Because it's difficult to interact with people, you know, you just crash into them. Have you tried smooth jazz?